Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode two. CTG OG Aaron speaking. First off, we're going to start uh, with some, some cleanup work from episode one, since we are new to this. And then I'll get into my introduction. Then we'll go on to, uh, we'll cover Bobby and Kyle down the road. So a couple things I didn't hit on. First off, I'm Aaron. I'm the one spearheading CTG. I'm the one that came up with the idea and approached Bobby and Kyle. And we've been equals ever since in this little journey of ours. One of the main things that uh, I wanted to make sure that makes us different from similar veteran-owned companies out there is that we would be more approachable, more, I guess, average Joe, you could say. And we're going to start off and focus more on local businesses and local veterans here in South Carolina. And we might, we might expand from there. Um, but that's going to be our main focus here to begin with. And I mentioned going to, to gun shows and being more community based and, and doing stuff around the state. One thing I didn't cover, um, Everybody on this podcast is probably going to be a veteran or a first responder, so be prepared for some cursing, crude humor. Uh, there might be some people drinking on the podcast here and there, um, so I might have to change the settings on here for for a, with an explicit warning, but just want to give you all a heads up about that. Um, and I'll try to give you all a heads up at the beginning of episodes um, you know, if they're not a hundred percent children friendly. Okay. I'll also be covering what we do different with the podcast and with the business as we grow. So I'm going to tell you stuff that I found works, doesn't work. Um, you know, I record this straight on voice memo on my iPhone. Um, I can do it straight through the anchor app. I just haven't done it yet. Um, with Anchor, which you'll hear a sponsor read um, in this episode and from episodes here on. You can even add music, uh, intro noises um, within the Anchor app. Um, We're also not always going to be at the house or somewhere quiet. Um, We'll get mics down the road, see if that's necessary. One of the things that some of the feedback I got was how good that it sounded. And uh, I'm literally just speaking into my phone in the finished room over the garage at Bobby's house. Nothing fancy. Um, so I'll try to give you all a heads up. If we're in a different location, uh, you know, if we're outside, inside, multiple people, we're going to keep it to two or three of us. Anything over that just reminds me of talking heads off of news networks and everybody's talking over each other. So we want to keep it kind of intimate and approachable. So over time, I'll, me, Bobby, Kyle, whoever I have on the uh, episodes, we'll, we'll give you a heads up about what's going on and keep it a little bit more informal and, uh, and approachable. I originally wanted to do kind of a one-on-one between me and Bobby, and we would kind of give our introductions Together, we would go one for one, um, you know, with our with our upbringing, who influenced us to get into the military and first responder worlds, our education, our experience, major life events that put us to where we are now. Um, but our schedules schedules weren't really lining up, so it's just going to be me talking to myself again, which can get little boring, but it's me and Apollo again. So if you hear any dog noises, that's my uh, podcast pup down there as I've begun to call him. So let's get into my, get into my background just so you know where I come from. And it kind of puts a face and a personality to what we got going on. And it's more than just, just a logo, right? And so Grew up a military brat, divorced family. Um, 
I'm not going to get too much in the details, but just enough to make it personal. Uh, my father was in the, in the Air Force, met my mom. They got married, had me a couple years later. Hopefully I can have both of them on the podcast in the future with some of the different things they got going on. I'm a fourth generation um, service member. Um, so military service is just a part of my life. It's bred into me and I view it as not being special, but it's a part of who I am and what we do. It's kind of a normal thing to me. So I have a different interpretation of being a veteran and our service to our country and constitution and even our states. Mom and dad came from different parts of the country. So this kind of goes into my approach of um, just diversity and looking at both perspectives and just be and being well-rounded. So I got a Southern mom, basically a Northern dad. Um, he was also a military brat, so he can't really claim one location, but we've all uh, been in South Carolina the longest. Um, that's where I've spent most of my life. Some things that kind of impacted me along the way, um, we'd already settled in South Carolina by the time I started you know, remembering things and started getting into school. And um, in elementary school, my parents got divorced. That's a journey all in itself. Um, you know, doing visitations, doing stuff with different halves of the family, having two Christmases. Um, and then down the road, when my mom got remarried, we moved to Georgia for a little bit, mostly middle school time frame. Um, so that was another way that me and my sister had to adapt, going to new place, new school, um, which I kind of think gives military brats kind of an edge with, um, having to make new friends, having to communicate, having to relearn friendships, doing different sports, um, and all those different experiences, I just think make you pretty well-rounded. High school was all here in South Carolina. Um, I was doing sports the whole time. I mean, you cover all the bases, right? So soccer, football, track, not really a baseball kind of guy. Um, second half of high school, I was mostly a runner. Um, even though I'm not good at running, we'll get into that later. Um, and then I went to the university of South Carolina. That's where one of my big life challenges happened while I was, uh, picking colleges, primarily all in the Southeast. I only applied to the university of South Carolina within South Carolina. Some people think that's crazy whatever, that was my decision. Um, ended up going to USC, staying in state and basically right down the road from my house. During that process, looking at scholarships, doing SAT, ACT. Um, I even looked at some of the academies at the time, but I kind of looked a little too late. Sorry, I had to wet the whistle. So I looked into getting an Air Force scholarship coming straight out of high school. Um, I come from a primarily Air Force family. Got a couple uh, couple Army soldiers in there. And then uh, I was kind of the black sheep and went into the Marine Corps. Well, we'll get to that too. So looking at scholarships. Applied for scholarships, applied for Air Force scholarship, and didn't really hear back in the appropriate time frame. Um, called down to ROTC command down in Alabama, 
and they told me that they had received my packet. My packet looked great, but I was missing one thing. And that one thing is the one thing you have to have in every single scholarship application. And that would be your SAT and or ACT scores. And guess what? They weren't in there. My counselor at my high school filled out that package and it wasn't in there. So ROTC didn't really have a lot of options for me because I missed that I missed that deadline. Um so went so started at Carolina, which we refer to at Carolina because we're in South Carolina, not North Carolina, like Chapel Hill. And uh signed up for ROTC. Um I my major was mechanical engineering at the time. It took some we we had a engineering class classes available at my high school. I thought that's what I want to do. I was decent at building things and physics and all that, but was painfully average at uh any math. <laughs> so get into Carolina and I go straight into ROTC. Um pretty regular freshman year. Um you know went to the parties, made the grades. Um, but I was very, very motivated for a potential air force career at that time. And I put in the work, um, after my freshman year of college with minimal issues, I was offered a scholarship by the air force. Um, and I got picked straight off of merit. I didn't have the highest GPA. I wasn't the fastest runner, but by my commander standards, I was the next best cadet that did not have a scholarship at the time coming straight out of high school. So I competed and won. Going into sophomore year, um, probably put too much focus into just ROTC and my part-time job at the time I grew up you know, working in retail and working at grocery stores and I was living on my own and, um, and the grades suffered. Um, and I've always thought that was a balance between working and school for me personally. I, I know some people have had full-time jobs and going to school full-time and having kids and, you know, good on them. But my dynamic was always, I would work more hours Grades would go down, grades would go up, I'd be making less money. So it's always a balance, right? Um, so middle of college, we're looking at, let's fast forward, we're all the way up to about 2010, 2011. Um, we're still in the first first few years of the Obama administration, so whenever there's a, a change in presidencies and mindsets, um, the Department of Defense changes also. Selection, OCS, officer, uh, or the Air Force actually called it OTS, Officer Training School. That year, um, acceptance rates went down to the 50 percentile. Before that, it's traditionally in the 90s. You can blame that on whatever. Was it the new administration? Was it uh, ROTC, you know, tightening up their numbers for some other internal purposes? I'll never really know. Um, so it was not selected for OTS from a year prior being selected to be on a full ride scholarship from the air force as crazy as that sounds. So I kind of had to, I had to make a decision. The scholarship was going to be gone. I did not have to pay that money back luckily. So I got a free year of college. Um, the rest of the time I was, I was always paying something. Um, I could have stayed in Air Force ROTC. I was given the option to go 
to another another branch. It, at the time, I believe it still is. All of the ROTC programs were all in the same building. Um, I knew I knew one of the one of the officers on the Army side. Went and talked to him about it. Wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with it, but it was a kick in the gut for sure. Um, I ended up making the decision to just be a regular college kid with no ROTC obligations. Um, so I could just focus on school and work. So at that time, I also changed my major. So started off as a engineering major that was not working out for me. Like I said, I was not good at not good at math. Struggled with calculus. Um, made the decision to get back to my bread and butter. Sorry if there's a little bit of noise. I had to get Apollo out of here. He's, uh, he's making a little too much noise for me. And went back to my bread and butter, which was more history, politics. Um, so I made, made the decision to major in international studies with a minor in Islamic studies. Um, at that time, like I said, I was wanting to go into the Air Force and I was looking at a possible career in Intel. Um, so that's why I made the decision to study what I did and anything pol uh, politic, politics related at Carolina is also kind of known as getting kind of an easy degree. Um, we used to call it poly pilot back then or for any of the ROTCs because you could get a high GPA and you could get an air contract, um, you know, within the Navy, Army, or the Air Force pretty easily. Um, so the rest of that time, I was just regular college kid, um, you know, working, working my part-time jobs um, as much as I could. Um, and then I graduate, had to put in an extra semester just because going from engineering to uh, international studies or international relations, as it's called at a lot of other colleges, <laughs> not a lot of it lined up. So extra semester, it's fine. Got extra football season, which was cool because um, that's back when one of the few times <laughs> the Gamecocks were good at football. Um, and I can do that because I'm an alumni, so I can punk them. Um, so we're all the way up to 2013 at this point. As you can see, it's there's kind of a lot going on. I wasn't really set on one thing. I wanted a lot of exposure with all the sports I played growing up. Um, my ROTC decision in college. Um, really my most conservative decision was staying in state and going to Carolina. Um, but with all that, and, and it kind of goes along with, with my upbringing, with what my grandpa told me and my dad told me, and just, I kind of had multiple f father figures because of the divorce. Uh, you know, the dad, my dad wasn't always around. I didn't always have a stepdad. I, you know, I had coaches and, and, and my different commanders at Carolina. Um, so I quickly became kind of the jack of all trades, master of none, right? And that's kind of what I've always been. A plug in when I was in football, when I ran track. You weren't the slowest guy, but you weren't the fastest guy either. Um, so that's kind of where we're at post graduation you know, about seven, seven, eight years ago. After graduation, 
um, kind of a dead period. I had made the decision um, to look into joining the Marine Corps. So how did that happen? Well, when I was in college, that's when I met Bobby and Kyle. And uh, Kyle had a similar experience to me, which we'll which we'll talk about in the in the near future, um, with with Navy ROTC, and he was still on set on going to OCS for the Marine Corps. So, in a nutshell, Kyle convinced me to join the Marine Corps. So we went through the OSO or Officer Selection Office, real original, right? And began began that journey going to early morning PTs on my own, even though I'm, you know, post-graduation. Um, I, I kind of knew it was the right fit for me after talking to Kyle, knowing to Kyle for a few years, talking to the OSO here in Columbia at the time. Um, because honestly, when I was in Air Force ROTC and around all my Air Force buddies or future Air Force buddies, I don't know. I just had, I was a little edgier. Um, if I'd gone into the Air Force, I would, I was, you know, I was looking at, uh, Intel, which I would prefer, uh, human or human Intel, um, possibly flying. So kind of the harder, more dangerous things that the Air Force had to offer was what I looked at. Um, so nothing really safe, right? Um, Marine Corps was just edgier. It was different. Uh, obviously they still had an officer corps. So it would, that was always my, my ultimate goal was to get a commission. Um, over this time I was still working some part-time jobs, um, and just kind of getting by, not being satisfied with life. I was still working out a lot and I was not, um, I was not getting any faster. I'm not a good, not a good distance runner. I can, even now at 30 can still train and get a pretty, pretty quick mile. Not good at three miles. Three miles is a bitch. Um, anybody will tell you that a fast three mile is a bitch. Um, so I wasn't getting any better. I wasn't getting any faster. I was on these training programs. The OSO was helping me. Kyle was helping me. Um, just wasn't getting there. So I felt like I was kind of plateauing off just in life in general. Cause I did, you know, busting my ass so much working like I thought I was supposed to, you know, going to college like I thought I was supposed to, get my degree, um, you know, because that's, that's the route I chose um, and that I thought was was the best. Some people in my life were a little heavy-handed about their advice. Um, would I have changed a couple things back then? Maybe. Um, but this is where I was, right? So I was working a warehouse job um at the time uh holiday season 2014 beginning of 2015 and I walked out um cuz I was just miserable I walked out I went straight to the Oso in Columbia and had a conversation with him about enlisting in the Marine Corps and going to OCS down the road. The reason I went to a my, my officer selection office instead of the enlistment recruitment office was he was prior enlisted. So a, a Mustang, which in my personal opinion, I believe you should be enlisted before you become an officer. Um, I just think you need to experience being an enlisted man or woman before you command them. Um, I also have a similar train of thought 
with law enforcement and judges and attorneys. Will that ever happen? No. Um, I've actually seen lawyers that were cops that were actually dirtbags, but I think it's a progression that I like to see in people and that I would like to see more of. So that's why I wanted his advice. It was very easy. All my paperwork was already there. My, <laughs> my, my existence on earth has been in the DOD ever since I was born because I was born to active duty service member. Um, so just had to update a few things and did a couple PT sessions with some of the, some of the enlisted guys in Columbia and, uh, put my feet on the footprints, April, 2015. So there I was <laughs> Paris Island, 24 years old, college degree, uh, commission dreams and got my shit pushed in for three months. Um, and on some other episodes, we'll, uh, probably get into more detail of the boot camp experience. Um, but if you've been in the Marine Corps, or just an enlisted person in general, and you just always tell the boot camp stories, I think it just gets kind of, gets kind of old. And it's like, well, you only talk about boot camp stories cause you haven't done anything else yet, which is very prevalent in the Marine Corps reserve, which is what I did. I will explain that part real quick. So, at the time, and I'm not sure about it now, because I already had my degree, I could go to Paris Island, stand on the footsteps, get absolutely hazed for three months, the day after graduation, well, hell, the day of graduation, if we got back to Columbia in time from PI on the coast, I could have gone straight into the OSO office and started my commission packet or selection packet because in the reserve, there was no requirement for you to be NCO opposed to where if I had gone active duty, they would not let you put in a packet until you put on corporal, which there was no guarantee when that would happen, depending on what in the world was going on at that time, how fast I could get promoted. If I could get, you know, pick up meritoriously, um, very dependent on what your MOS or military occupation was going to be. Um, so I picked reserve because at the time that was the quickest point or that was the quickest route from point A to point B. Um, had a lot of very unique experiences at uh, PI. Um, looking back, probably should have been some active duty time in there. Honestly, that's probably – one thing I definitely would have changed was active duty time and had a great, I mean, it was a great experience. I mean, it was a haze fest, but, uh, honor platoon at PI, um, third bat Lima company. Um, it was, it was a great time. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll have a different conversation of, I think I probably want that with some of my other guys I went through are perhaps Kyle and we can compare OCS to boot camp. Um, but I mean, it was, it was a great experience. I mean, I was in there at 24, which is, uh, kind of old by boot camp standards. Uh, my, uh, my kill hat was, I think we graduated the same year from high school. So, I mean, we we're the same age. Um, so that was, it, it was very interesting, but we'll get into that 
in a, in a different, different podcast. Um, but all my, all my training was great. Um, like I said, all the experiences at PI, um, had kind of some health issues there, um, with rhabdo or rhabdomyosis, if any of y'all know what that is. If not, just look it up. It's extremely painful. Um, then went to combat school for all the non-infantry types out there. Um, that was, that was a great time too. Um, I was in, what was it? Kilo company, uh, on camp Geiger. I was quickly made, made the, uh, the guide there. Cause I was just older, more mature. That's just the way it got set up. So it wasn't as, wasn't as easy as I was hoping with that kind of put on your shoulders. So I wasn't able to more or less skate as we call it, um, through combat training, like I wanted. Then we go to ground supply school. Also great experience. Um, everybody that taught me anything over there was E7, which is gunnery sergeant for us or above. Um, great experience. All of that happened pretty quick because we were reservists. They didn't want any kind of layover at, um, at Geiger or at Camp Johnson where ground supply school is. And, uh, so I got through there pretty quick. So from, I was back home completely trained. Was it September, September, October timeframe of, uh, 2015. Um, so that's a quick and dirty of how I became Marine and why I did that, made that decision. Um, Picking up at the end of 2015, this is where I made the decision to get into law enforcement. Um, I was sitting, I was sitting in my room at Ground Supply School uh, at Camp Johnson, and I had decided with what I had seen that I didn't want to go into active duty. Um we'll get into the weeds of that a little bit later. And, you know, it's a little easier if you sit down with somebody and they can kind of pull it out of you a little bit more and kind of think of questions and ideas that I'm not thinking of, uh, you know, from the hip right now. So I start looking at police departments and sheriff's offices, um, back here in South Carolina. Um, more specifically around the Midlands. That's pretty much anywhere from Aiken to Charlotte and probably about halfway up 26 to the north, about halfway down 26 um, to the south. Um, where I had some family uh, and some friends, um, I made the decision to apply to a sheriff's office in that area. Um, like I said, some of these, some of these places and names, I'm going to not get too specific about, um, just for, just for privacy reasons. Um, so I apply at the sheriff's office, um, or a sheriff's office, um, in here in South Carolina. Um, it was about six months process and wait time. Um, yeah, I had to do polygraph, had to get references. I mean, this was my first big job application, um, you know, post-college and outside of the Marine Corps. Um, got on there and again, we can get into more details of my initial law enforcement and academy experience in another episode, but I'm just giving you kind of the bullet points and going into a little bit of detail, um, at this time. So I get on at the sheriff's office. We had to, at the time, there was a very long wait at the Academy here. Um, so it was what they did there is they threw you in the jail and you pretty much helped the, the jail staff, 
um, and basically like a substitute correctional officer. Had a lot of fun little experiences there. Um, but again, another episode. Um, while I was there, um, I actually met the the mother of my children. Um, she was a CO. I was a deputy, and uh, dated not long enough, um, and decided to have children and get engaged. Um, during that time, she got let go from the sheriff's office for for her own disciplinary reasons. Um, I still stayed there. I saw the the politics of the sheriff's office there. Didn't really like what I was seeing. Um, and shortly after graduating from the academy and and going through their FTO program, field training officer program, um, I decided to leave with um what ended up being some empty promises from the Marine Corps. Uh, at that time, I was still very motivated and dedicated, <laughs> motivated, dedicated to going to OCS and getting a commission. So at that time, I was kind of, I flip-flopped, honestly, where I was like, well, I think I'm, I think I'm, kind of looking at going active duty, but after I got my commission. So I had uh, some empty promises to go on some some orders within the reserve. Um, we call them ADOS. Um, so active duty orders. Um, and those didn't follow through. So I went on a extended... AT or annual training. It was about, I think it was about six weeks and I didn't get selected to go on these other orders where I could have been on active orders for a year, either up in Jacksonville, Albany, uh, possibly Orlando. I, I can't, I can't remember now, but, um, it didn't, didn't come to be. So came back home, lived with, with, uh, one of my stepsisters, and I made the decision to get in the security business. Um, so from what you can see so far, I had, you know, became Marine after being an ROTC. No active duty time, honestly, no real experience. Um, but there's my military. Then I was in law enforcement for a little bit, but I graduated from the academy and those kind of, I, I believe they go together pretty well. And then security. So that's kind of my, my trifecta, if you will. So military law enforcement and security. Um, security was, it was fun on and off. It depends what you were doing. Sometimes you'd be working at, uh, you know, a bank. Sometimes you would help um, just other businesses. It's anybody that's been in security knows what I'm and knows what I'm talking about. You're just, you never know where you're going to be. Sometimes you're not always going to be at a set site. And because of my experience in education, I was kind of a filler at a lot of, uh, a lot of slots, uh, still in South Carolina at this time. And I actually got picked up to become, uh, an instructor or part of the training department here in South Carolina for a company, um, which was, which was fun. I mean, I got to shoot every week. I got to, I got to teach security courses, which is pretty much just an abbreviated version of a police academy. You went over some laws, communications, weapons. Um, I mean, it was fun. Um, but during that time I was, I wasn't happy though. Um, 
you know, fast forward a couple years, we're looking at 2000, end of 2016 into 17 and 18. And, uh, and during that time I had, not me, but me and my fiance at the time, uh, had our twin girls, which was amazing. Um, we lived together for a short period of time and didn't really work out. Um, from there went to another kind of secured, I say kind of, because it wasn't a set security company. It was kind of a new company that, uh, I tried to help start with some people I'd met in the security business. Um, where I was kind of working independently for a while, which was fun, but the, uh, the money ran out, you know, the investor did not wish to invest anymore. And that was my income. Um, then I, let's see, where do we go from there? I have some notes, but some of this, I'm just going from the hip because that's how I like to do it. <laughs> so I go to, uh, combat marksmanship, uh, combat marksmanship school for, uh, for the Marine Corps with some of my buddies, um, get that under my belt. The Marine Corps by this time didn't offer me much, you know, and some people say, well, it's all, it's what you make of it and blah, blah, blah. Well, the Marine Corps reserves a different animal, just how army national guard is different than big army. And I'm sure the Navy's the same. Um, so go to that school, had a good time. I'll sit down with some of the guys and we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, so I move, move down to the coast for another security job, worked there for about a year, made more connections. Um, in that time frame, that's where me, Bobby and Kyle founded, um, CTG and, you know, started trying to sell gear, branded gear, running the Instagram page, which is where mo most of our interactions and connections have come from to this point. And, um, again, good job, sort of happy. Not quite. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't with my babies. I was working a lot of overtime. Um, I was staying in shape, but not feeling healthy. Um, so did that for a year. Um, then I start looking into getting back into law enforcement. Um, it, uh, you know, I had, I had friends all across the state where I could have probably could have gone back to where I started the sheriff's office that I started at. Um, did I want to go to the upstate to want to stay in the, did I want to go stay in the low country? Did I want to go back to the Midlands and Columbia area? Um, had some, had some friends working in the PD area of South Carolina, which if you're looking at the triangle that is South Carolina, it's going to be the, your upper right corner. So the Northeast corner of the state, um, kind of from Florence, Horry County, which is Myrtle beach, uh, Dillon and, and then down about into Williamsburg County. Um, so get back into law enforcement in that area, get, recertified and, you know, doing all the, the proper paperwork and training to be recertified. There's different things in South Carolina that they're on different time frames. So, uh, you know, your DUI classes, your, uh, field sobriety tests, your radar over time, they're kind of staggered with when you have to get recertified with SFSTs, that's field sobriety testing and and driving and shooting and all that. And it's, it's changed recently over the years too. And we'll, we'll talk about that when I sit down with other, 
law enforcement officers from the state with how that training is and um, different time frames and requirements and doing stuff in-house and how COVID is, has changed some things. Um, so during all that time, I was still drilling the whole time. Um, there was some, some good and bad experiences on the, on the reserve side of the house that, I mean, I'm glad I experienced it. I'm glad, you know, people and institutions expose, you know, kind of expose themselves for what they were. Um, and within these last couple of years is when I decided not to, that I was not going to enlist. I was not going to pursue any type of officer candidate or officer training schools. Um, and I was going to focus on professionally, I was going to focus on my law enforcement career, um, and my children. Um, I didn't see active duty as an option because I could have been sent anywhere and then I would almost never see my kids. Um, I did not want to do reserve, um, just because I saw the resolve culture and how they promote and what they like to see. And I just did not wish to be a part of that anymore. Um, but with law enforcement as crazy as it is, and I got back in that, uh, you know, at not the, not the best time with COVID and, um, some of the law enforcement incidences that happened over the last couple years. Um, so yeah, so decided to focus on CTG, my babies and my law enforcement career. Um, so kind of, so we're caught up to present day and where we decided to start this podcast. Um, so I'll get into where we're going to go from here. Covered a lot right there. Um, depending on who I'm with, which I want to get, you know, have more, more team members in here, uh, interview some more people. I can't interview Apollo. <laughs> um, you know, we'll get into, you know, we'll probably have an episode of, you know, just our upbringing, what made us who we were and how, why we want to be first responders and service service members, you know, before college age, uh, why we decided to get degrees. Some of us enlisted after we got degrees. Some of us enlisted before we got the degrees. Some of us went to OTS or OCS. Um, then we can talk about those boot camp experiences. I mean, those are always funny as, as campy and as childish as they can be sometimes. Um, then we'll even go to when we had dead spaces, when we felt like we were plateauing off, when we were stagnant in our professional and personal lives. Um, then we'll get into our experiences at the academy. Um, all of all of my friends here, they've all either been uh, trained in law enforcement or fire or EMS within the state of South Carolina. So that's kind of be where we're myself and everybody we're going to have on here is coming from is from our South Carolina experiences um, in all aspects, everything military and law enforcement, basically. And then we'll talk about some of our goals down the road um, in our current day jobs, as I call it. And CTG is my quote unquote days off job or night job. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty wide open. We're going to keep the uh, discussions. Um, we just want to stay approachable. Like I said before, um, very conversational, um, will this develop into something a little bit, will it sound a little bit more professional and sharp? Are we going to get into video, uh, you know, long content video? Maybe. I mean, we'll learn and learn and go from there, but I want to keep it as, as intimate, um, as possible here 
uh, in the beginning. Very, I kind of think of, um, very fireside chat that, you know, FDR did back in the day. Um, because like I said, it's more of a, it's on a personal level. And I think we're consuming too much mainstream crap and not sitting down with the ones we're close to or people in the professions that we probably should be close to and, and and focusing more on, you know, our community and our neighbors. I mean, I, I, I talk to so many people, um, as a deputy that don't know their neighbors, they don't know the people just a couple houses down from them. And this is like in a, in a neighborhood setting where you can see, you know, 10 houses down in either direction. There's, I mean, there are some parts, you know, any, any deputy will tell you where you, you're not going to see another house, but I'm in a very big, big county where I'm getting, I'm interacting with people in a neighborhood and I'm interacting with people, you know, on the back 40 and people are not as close knit to their community. If that's, um, with their neighbors, um, with their, with, you know, their church or synagogue or, you know, whatever they do on a, on a spiritual level. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the approach we're going to take with it. Um, I'm getting feedback from people. Um, mostly, mostly people that I think would only give me the, the pros of what we got going on and not the cons of what's going on. Um, but good reviews so far. Um, we are currently on, we are currently available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course you can even listen to it uh, within the Anchor app, which is kind of, you know, by default our our chief sponsor right now. Um, which we'll, we'll make money and we'll push that back into the company after uh, so many views and listens and, and all that. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, which is a Shopify website. Um, basically if you just Google Carolina tactics group, you're going to find us, um, give us a follow on all those, uh, like, and share everything we post. Um, and we'll be able to bring, more to you and go more places and offer more gear and possibly get into classes and we can pretty much do whatever the hell we want.